Hello from Abhyankas IS to all our listeners. I'm Akshay, your host, and I welcome you all to our first episode of April 2021 for our podcast series, UPSC Prep Decoded. Current affairs are an important part of the exam, and today we pick up a hotly discussed topic, disinvestment by government. To give a wider perspective on the issue, we have with us our director and mentor, Akshay Abhyankar. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you so much, Akshay. So I would like to begin the podcast with the first question. Since a decade, we are experiencing higher and higher disinvestment targets, with it being rupees one point seven five lakh crores for this budget year. The latest Central Public Sector Enterprise Policy says that PSCs in non-strategic sectors will be privatized. So are we revisiting nine ninety one? This is a very good question, Akshay. In fact, just to broaden the scope of your question, most of the critics. of the disinvestment say that we are in the 16th year of woes of disinvestment but to kind of dissect your question let me take the first part of the question and that is whether this is 1991 revisited partly yes and partly no yes because the intent remains the same and that is to have a rollback of the state to allow for more amount of private enterprise in service delivery and no because obviously the times are very different now in 1991 when dr singh presented his budget it was very dramatic because it opened the floodgates for entry of the private sector into what was called as new sunrise areas but one of the essential things that was also kept in mind was that the furious expansion that was planned happened without restrictions like the rtp act further there was a dismantling of the licensing charge system and the double devaluation of the rupee ensured the competitiveness of indian exports in addition to that foreigners were allowed free entry into various sectors currently the finance minister pegs a figure of around 1.5 lakh crores towards the disinvestment proceeds that should be gained for the next year that is 2021 22 now the entire issue with this essentially is that you have a very very pragmatic or probably idealistic target in front of you of the disinvestment that you would want to engage in however a very very systematic road map of how this is going to translate is not very much in place much of the last quarter of last year and the beginning of this year have seen widespread protests to any kind of structural reform that we've tried to bring in whether it be the farming sector whether it be with regard to public sector banks that had all conglomerated together and gone on strike recently so you realize that the entire process is akin to walking on eggshells you are going to be trampling a lot on many many unseen toes and the process is not going to be a very very easy one also having said that 2021 and thereafter with regard to disinvestment needs a little bit of clarity into what exactly the government has in mind to just make it slightly more better and easier for our listeners you know when you look at the term disinvestment you are only looking at a partial stake sale of the government in a particular psu when you look at privatization it's selling of the entire asset now whenever you look here you know the finance minister speaking currently there is focus on a concept of asset monetization you know of operating public infrastructure also there is mention of sale of roads and transmission assets dedicated freight corridors of the railways etc ports and airports you know involving metro operations for private players so you're really seeing that there is a lot of shift in terms of valuation of assets that actually need to be monetized 
the disinvestment cycle so to say from 1991 to the vajpayee government in 2001 to the current dispensation in 2021 has seen a very very different kind of a journey now when the vajpayee led nda government decided to manage and sell equity in the videsh sanchar nigam limited or in maruti suzuki to ensure that we could allow for well generation it was a very very wonderfully thought of move because it was a process oriented approach right it was process oriented because it ensured that the disinvestment was very very successful so if you look at maruti suzuki today it's one of the biggest well generating companies in india it has a market capitalization of over 3 trillion rupees when you look at vsnl being completely sold off you see we were able to create a value for the asset when it was sold similar systems have been identified with palco and hindustan zinc so the idea of disinvestment has been a long standing journey in india's financial history right from 1991 to 2001 so yes we are on the same move of ensuring that non strategic sectors sectors that have been more of you know roadblock in progress or in economic growth are somehow privatized or there is some amount of disinvestment they are made into more value generating assets and the government can also look towards a process of rolling back and allowing the private sector to actually run the game Yes, sir. That totally answers our question. Moving on to the next question, sir. If we go through newspapers, we often read about government selling stake in airways, ports, insurance companies, and accompany this with bank strikes, opposition parliament, and on streets. To a layman's mind, it may seem that government is taking a back seat. Is that true? You see, Akshay, your question seems to be very pertinent because if you look at the government currently, right, it has its finger in every pie. So on air, for example, Air India and ATL. in water when you look at the shipping corporation on land with regards to scooters india cycle corporation etc of the railway lines with regard to concord so you are having your finger every single part and currently the only way to ensure that you can move out of this system is to identify select sectors finalize a blueprint and sell the entire stake over a predefined period this is something that is not going to happen overnight it is going to need a sustained vision for at least a decade and this is the entire goal of the disinvestment with like i mentioned in the earlier question are setting targets of about 1.7 lakh crores and so on and so forth if you have a vision over the next decade or so you will actually be able to realize the theme on which this government was voted to power in 2014 one of the most important areas of their manifesto were the issue or the promise rather of minimum government and maximum governance so you are going to need a simple vision and the government will have to move towards a situation wherein they are going to allow for a greater amount of value maximization of the psus now when i look at the concept of value maximization of psus we are basically looking at two three very important areas one is asset monetization because you want to increase and build brand value of the asset the second is better corporate governance which has been a major red flag for the past decade and a half particularly with regard to the psu banks so if you look at all the public sector underpinnings in the banks and the entire chaos with the npas bad loans large amount of financial frauds embezzlement the buck completely stops at the door of the psu banks so better corporate governance is absolutely required and we also should be in a position to allow 
for greater amount of growth in these sectors to ensure that we allow for better technology better skills better management best world's best practices to ensure that they are able to stand shoulder to shoulder with existing private enterprises yes sir so how would you look at this investment as a subject is it a tool to bridge fiscal deficit or more of a measure of good governance i would say both and the only reason why i would want to give a balanced answer on this particular question is because the good governance has been an issue like i mentioned to you in the earlier question that has been flagged up greatly it was one of major concern particularly when the banking sector with the psus with having basic structural frameworks in place with having regulatory frameworks like the rbi were unable to maintain standards of corporate governance and this is something that has also probably spread out to the private sector as well particularly with regard to chaos that has been taking place in banks like icici um, yes bank and other so if you look at the good governance portion best practices stronger laws better regulation is what the government has to focus on rather than actually the day to day running and management of psus those that are non strategic sectors and those that have been white elephants in the government's treasury have to be with a classic case in point is air india so the government will have to look at a strategy so that it is able to reduce and to stop the mounting losses with india's carrier and also to look at an exit route that is going to be pliable agreeable to the employees to trainees to the government and also to the private agencies that show interest in the debate yes sir moving on to our last question the disinvestment critics associate the psu stake sale to selling of family silver several economists have pointed that public sector banks are the backbone of the economy and the stake sale may hamper welfareism how true is that now that's a very interesting question the welfare mechanism is very true but if you look at the entire focus of the banking sector today the government with regard to its huge impetus on ensuring that people save less and invest more or uh, earn more rather than having dead investments and assets ensures that there are 100 other avenues today apart from the banking sector which are available for ordinary citizens and the middle class to actually invest in to ensure that their funds and their monies are safe they are safe in terms of ensuring that they can have access to them whenever they need to and if you see the entire story with regard to you know public sector undertakings with regard to banks their disinvestment was proposed way back in 2004 when the nda government was in power and mr yashwant sinha was finance minister one of the essential points of focus at that point of time was to look at reducing you know the stake of psus in in the banking sector to about 33% and the current focus of psus in terms of their sale that the government is pushing for and their disinvestment it's a part of the 1.7 lakh crore disinvestment strategy now when you look at the entire focus of wanting to privatize the government banks and whether this is akin to selling of family silver or not the question is very simple here and that if it is give, making way for better practices it's allowing for better compliance there are banks that are going to be able to now provide a slew of services under their ambit and of their financial and their insurance arms i think renewal is the name of the game also the consolidation of multiple psus that happened 
for example, Bank of Baroda merger with Vijaya Bank and Dena Bank in 2019, SBI merging with five of its associate banks, the Bank of Patiala, State Bank of Bikaner and Jaipur, Mysore, Travancore and Hyderabad are steps wherein you will be able to cut the NPAs, to cut their operational losses, to bring in better consolidation services and service delivery. And I believe that this will actually allow for welfare orientation not only in letter, but ideally in spirit. More number of banks uh, create chaos, particularly with regard to PSUs. And history has shown us that a large chunk, like I mentioned to you earlier, a large chunk of the NPAs, problems regarding corporate governance, loans that were given without assured collaterals, was all the handiwork of public sector undertaking banks. So for that reason, the consolidation, the mergers, the privatization seems to be the only road forward. India was and still is in a phase of a transitional economy. We are transiting. But every transition doesn't mean that we forget our welfare orientation. Rollouts in health sector, in sectors related to farming, the entire stimulus package under the Atmanirbhar Bharat only remind critics and skeptics that India's goal of welfare state, its commitment to the underprivileged and the marginalized sections of society remains steadfast. Because this is a part of what India as an idea and as a civilization stands for. Thank you, sir, for widening our understanding on the issue. I'm sure our listeners have truly been enlightened by the knowledge that you have shared. In case people have any further doubts, we shall be happy to answer them. Please feel free to visit our website and write to us for your suggestions at our email ID info at abhyankarias.com. If you like this episode, show us love by hitting the like button and saving us to your favorite podcast show. Alvida, agle hafte, fir mulakat hogi.